welcome to this week's message from a new church. For more information, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit our website, newchurch.nz. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this message. sort of covered a whole lot of stuff over the last few weeks. We looked at the person of the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Holy Spirit, the purpose, the presence, the power, and today is the conclusion, which is really dumb because it starts with C instead of P. So um, I'm just going to call it postscript. So that sort of sounds, it's like, yeah, it makes it cooler if it all sort of starts with P for this. Um, But I have been so excited and I've just been so blessed that, um, you know, what we've been sharing here has been an encouragement to to you guys. I was on a, I'm involved in a sort of forum with, with other um, lead pastors that have churches similar flavor, similar size. So we tune in once a week, and we were privileged to have Pastor Russell Evans um, sharing with us on Zoom last week. And he leads Planet Shakers Church. It's a church of over 20,000 um, that come on a Sunday, and um, like 100,000, I think, tune in for their live stream. Uh, but he was sharing, and I actually didn't know this, how he's heard from all over the world this year so many churches, or so many pastors have felt it on their heart to, to, to do sermon series all about the Holy Spirit, to rediscover the Holy Spirit again. So um, I was just really blessed. It's like, wow, I am hearing from God. You know, this is something that God's, <laughs> no, just kidding, um, doing worldwide. And he said something that was so good. He said, the Pentecostal church is rediscovering Pentecost. And I just love that so much. So I've been so excited about this. So as a conclusion, I thought, well, you know, we've covered quite a lot of things and I've shared some things quite boldly um, about what we believe here at Renew Church. And I just gave people the opportunity to, um, to ask some questions that came out of the sermon series because there is quite a lot of a difference of opinion, I guess, when it comes to Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit baptism. So I wanted to give the opportunity um, to, to people to ask anonymous questions. So um, these are some that came through SurveyMonkey. So what we're doing this morning, it's a little bit more fluid than usual. Just going to answer some questions that came in. Um, We're going to get a few people up on the couch uh, just to hear their experiences of the Holy Spirit, some of my staff, and then we're just going to finish off with the ministry time um, with a song that I just think just wraps up the whole series really, really good. So question one, what is your opinion on Holy Spirit manifestations, e.g. shaking, laughing, (laughs) etc.? So just jumping right into that. Um, I think It is human nature for us to resist anything that we are unfamiliar with and things that we don't understand. Uh, So um, again, I think with a lot of us in our Grecians thinking, it's like we're we're very much head knowledge and if something is a little bit, we think is bizarre, we we tend to push it away. It's just a lot of our human nature, unfortunately. Um, But we gotta understand when the presence of God comes, into a service or on a group of people, some things happen and it's supernatural and, and they are gonna little, be a little bit outside of our comfort zone. And like I shared with, um, on the day of Pentecost, there were three types of people. There was the people that the Holy Spirit fell upon. There were people that were, were curious. They said, what can this mean? Their, their, their heart wasn't anti, their heart was leaning in. They didn't quite understand, but they were hungry for it. They wanted more. And then there were those that said, nah, it's just all people getting drunk. I said, there were those that were resisting it and pushing it away. I just really encourage you guys, be the number one, be number two. Those that are curious, please don't push it away. But there are some weird things that do happen. And I would like to say, um, if I just chose, if I was really wealthy, um, if I chose five of you to give a million dollars to, um, that would be incredible. That would be awesome. Just imagine getting, I, I absolutely guarantee 
you guys are gonna sort of act a little bit different to one another. If I gave you a million dollars, someone, you'd be like maybe just so, you know, crying tears of joy. It's like one manifestation, I guess, of getting a million dollars. Someone might be so overwhelmed that they just start running around and shouting so much, I'm I'm rich, I've got a million dollars. Someone might be so overwhelmed, they just fall over backwards. Someone might just be so filled with joy that they're just laughing uncontrollably. See, same, same amount of money, different responses, different manifestations. Same Holy Spirit, different manifestations. And I think with, the Holy, with, with Pentecostal things, when the Holy Spirit falls, we've, we've, done, we've been a little bit immature. We've, we've based what's been happening, um, we've judged it by the manifestation and not so much the fruit. Um, and we've got to look at the fruit because manifestations could really mean a whole lot of stuff. If you see someone shaking in a service, um, it could be the Holy Spirit, but it could just mean it's cold. Um, it could mean someone's got a mental illness. It could mean that someone's just, just faking it, that they're just thinking, well, that's what you, you do, so they're imitating someone else. It could be demonic. It could even be a, a medical issue. See, it's, it's one manifestation, but we're so quick to judge. And I was listening to an interview by, um, I can't even remember his name now, he was the pastor that um, facilitated or shepherded the Brownsville Revival, which was um, a revival that happened in Pensacola, America in the mid-1990s. And he said that all the camera crews, they were focusing on the manifestations, but he said, um, it's so sad that these people didn't focus on what, these, what the people were like beforehand. Um, and yes, they got touched by the Holy Spirit, but what their lives were like six months on and how much God had changed their lives six months on. Um, so yeah, look at the fruit, not so much the manifestation. Um, but this is what John Wesley said, and I love this, I'd rather have wildfire than no fire. Why? Because we never forget an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Uh, we do often forget sermons, unfortunately. Um, you forget them less if you're taking notes. Um, and we do forget worship, but but when God impacts your life, you never forget that. So that's what we're so hungry. We don't want to fake it. We don't want to manufacture it here, but we want to honor the Holy Spirit. So come on, Holy Spirit. Um, number two question. Can the Holy Spirit and a demon indwell a person at the same time? Light and dark surely can't dwell together. Good question. Two Corinthians. I'm really thankful I had time to, to sort of study this. 2 Corinthians 6.14, don't continue to team up with unbelievers in mismatched, I think this is where it came from, um, in mismatched alliances. For what partnership is there between righteousness and rebellion? Who could mingle light with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and Satan? There can be no harmony. Um, but I, I actually have a, a quite a childish belief about this. Um, and just, just imagine yourself, like Simon's self as a house. So I've got... Um, just imagine myself was like our house at home. We've got a couple of lounges, we've got bedrooms, we've got offices and stuff. And um, we invite people to hang out in our lounge, maybe our dining room. I don't ever hang, you know, come into our bedroom, you know, you know, the door's closed there. Um, maybe your room's really messy. My attic's totally messy. I'm so embarrassed if anyone looks up there. Uh, but there are parts in our lives, in our houses, sorry, that they're shut off. There are parts in our lives and myself um, that I can shut off to the Holy Spirit. Unfortunately, we can do that. Like I've been saying um, right along, um, we have the Holy Spirit in us, but how much of me, how much of us does the Holy Spirit really have? So if I've got a room in my life that I've, 
I've shut off to God. I've shut off to the Lordship of Christ in my life. If I've got an area in my life that I'm practicing sin in, it's sort of like having a room in your house that you just keep throwing rubbish into. You keep throwing um, scraps of food. It's just like you're, you're chucking all the bad stuff into that room and it's closed away. Sooner or later, you are gonna get rats. Rats are gonna come into that room and they're gonna take up residence in that room. Um, so if I've got a room in my life, in my heart, that is unsubmitted to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is dwelling in me, but if I don't let the Holy Spirit have lordship over an area of my life, and if I'm practicing sin um, in that area, I'm not meaning just stumbling, I'm meaning actually practicing sin, you are going to attract a demonic presence in your life. The cool thing is the lordship of Christ, the more you have, um, more Jesus has of you, those things are not difficult if you're repentant, if you love God, if you want to surrender your whole life. Um, there is some counseling involved. Those things, it's not hard to get free. Hopefully that explains it a little bit. Third question, if all have the opportunity to speak in tongues, what about 1 Corinthians 12? So, um, and this is a very, very common one. 1 Corinthians 12 Verse 29 says this, Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles? Basically, no, we're not all prophets, we're not all apostles, we're not all teachers, all do not work miracles. Do all possess the gift of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts and I will show you a more excellent Way. And then Paul goes into the love chapter, which is 1 Corinthians 13. So it's sort of saying there um, that not all people speak in tongues. And this is the, the classic text where the criticisms come up against people that really believe all of us, um, when we're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, can speak in an unlearned language. Um, they use this as a little bit of a critique and say, well, actually, that's not true. We've got to understand there are, I guess, two gifts of tongues. When we get filled with the Holy Spirit, when we get baptized, one of the evidences is being able to speak in a heavenly language, um, in a language that we have not learned. And I've taken you right throughout the book of Acts, and I'll actually show you a couple more examples this morning where that happens. Um, it's an evidence of being Holy Spirit filled. And that uh, gift that we receive, uh, speaking in tongues, it's for our own personal edification. The Bible is very clear. We strengthen our lives. I need spiritual strengthening every day of my life. So that is for everyone. But what this passage is talking about is actually the gifts of the Holy Spirit. There are nine of them and sort of others as well that um, once you're filled with the Holy Spirit, it's sort of like, the launch pad, they activate these other spiritual gifts in our lives. And they're like the gifts of prophecy, the gifts of knowledge, the gifts of wisdom, gifts of discernment, gifts of discerning of spirits. Um, and it's also the gift of public tongues. Um, and so this is someone who's got an incredible gift. It's different to devotional tongues where um, they speak in another language, a heavenly language in a public meeting, and then someone needs to interpret that. So someone else in that meeting has got the gift of interpretation of tongues. It's not translation. It's sort of like a, a rough um, interpretation of what it means. And so that interprets um, the public tongue. That public tongue is for everyone to hear. Um, you need to talk to Wayne Garten sometimes. He had an incredible experience about this. He came back to God, I think, as a result of that. So when it talks here about not everyone has the gift of tongues, it's not everyone has the public gift of tongues where you bring a public word in a meeting and someone needs to interpret. So of course we all can speak in tongues because God's given us all the Holy Spirit and God wants us all to experience the power of God coming upon us. 
but not all of us have that public gift. Does that make sense? It makes so much sense to me. I think sometimes we, we just need to, to read the Bible without sort of background and baggage and bias. Um, fourth question. Some churches teach that the Holy Spirit baptism happens at salvation. Pentecostal churches teach that it is a separate experience. Someone must be wrong. <laughs> wow. Someone must be wrong. I think, because and, and, I know most of the church pastors here, and we all agree because we talk, talked about it a lot, 95% of us pretty much basically believe exactly the same thing. So 95% of our doctrinal statements in churches are pretty much not word for word, but the theme is very, very similar. Um, so there is hardly anything that we disagree on, um, but we are a Pentecostal church, a renewed church was planted in 1977 out of the charismatic renewal, which was a revival of Holy Spirit baptism. Um, and unfortunately, Pentecostal churches in general, the name, um, it's created a lot of criticism. Some Pentecostal churches actually don't like calling themselves a Pentecostal church anymore because of the flack, because of some churches have just gone way into error and extreme. But we are a Pentecostal church. We're a proud of that. One of our founding verses is Titus 2.5, where it talks about the renewing power of the Holy Spirit. So it's so bad once you know, you get a name and then a couple of generations down the track, your church doesn't look anything like how it was, it was birthed, how it was planted. So um, for us Pentecostal churches, we really honor and value what happened at the day of Pentecost. We honor and value the Holy Spirit's ministry. We honor and value the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We honor and value um, being able to minister with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's, a, um, it's an emphasis, emphasis that we have, whereas other churches in the city, they have different emphases on different things. So um, we're, we're not too dissimilar from other churches, actually. Um, but we are Definitely a Pentecostal church, and, and what we believe here at Renew Church is pretty much just standard Pentecostal theology. We honor and respect and esteem the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit. I think for us, um, this experience, it, it happened to me and it happened to probably a lot of us here where we were hungry for more of God and we had this incredible encounter that we can't describe it other than being saturated with God, the power of God, the love of God, um, being filled with Him, having a feeling of being overwhelmed by the presence of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit coming upon us. So that experience, that encounter is so real in our lives. And as a result, our lives have been changed. That's why we're so excited about it. And that's why we encourage everyone to really get hungry for this. Now, I cannot do what I'm doing today without the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm incredibly shy. Um, I'm incredibly introverted. Um, some people have sort of seen me on stage and then sort of, it's like, is it, you're a different person, Simon. You're quiet all of a sudden. Um, but I know that this is one of my uh, giftings, but it's with the, with the Holy Spirit in my life. I could not do this um, without the infusion of the Holy Spirit. And most people would agree where, when they start stepping out in their gifts and their callings and their destiny, they know how dependent they must be on the power of God. Uh, and they honor and value the relationship and the, and, and the experience and the enablement, enablement of the Holy Spirit in their lives. Another way to answer that is, if you just read the book of Acts, the book of Acts isn't necessarily a teaching book, although there's so much teaching in there. It's, it's basically a, 
a diary of the, the way the early church lived, the encounters that the early church had, the experiences. It's like a window into the early church. So if you were to read the book of Acts that you had no biblical history or understanding or experience, you, but you were just reading that at face value um, and the encounters, you could only come to one conclusion that there is a very real experience that happens. It's an encounter with the Holy Spirit. It doesn't necessarily happen at salvation, but this is something that happens in response to being hungry for more of God. There is another conclusion that you can come to that these people that experienced this encounter, their lives were changed, their world was changed, they were changed, and they became mobilized to change their world. You can't come to any other conclusion. So with those people that are sort of like, well, I don't believe in this, I just say, please, at least get hungry for everything God has for you. Please be hungry for the supernatural aspects and elements of God. Unfortunately, people are a little bit anti and they just push this whole aspect of God away from their lives. Please don't do that. Please be someone who leans in to everyone. Please read the book of Acts with fresh eyes. So the examples that I had, um, and we covered this in previous weeks, um, in Jerusalem, the day of Pentecost, Caesarea and Ephesus, all present experienced a supernatural encounter with the Holy Spirit. As a result of that experience, all present gained strength, boldness, spiritual gifts, passion, and more love. As a result, all present changed their world. And as a result, all present here in 2021 and those watching this, you can have those same experiences. How on earth would you want to live this life without the power of the Holy Spirit in your life? When you realize that it's, He's so available to all of us. A couple of, um, I guess, times and experiences that I never shared was, another one was in Acts 4 verse 31. This is when Peter and John were released from prison and they came to a prayer meeting. And I'm not sure, I'd like to do more study, but I would guarantee that some of the people in that prayer meeting were like, they were originally one of the 120 possibly. And this is what it says, Acts 4.31. As they prayed, the earth shook beneath them, causing the building they were in to tremble. Each one of them was filled with the Holy Spirit and they proclaimed the word of God with unrestrained boldness. So this again was a, a refilling, which proves the point that it's not just a one-time occurrence. We need to have regular encounters with the Holy Spirit. I love Acts 11, 15 to 17. So Peter was struggling with, with some prejudices. He believed that the gospel was just for the Jews um, and God really adjusted his thinking. I love that he was open for adjustment. Um, he was a little bit, um, it took a while, but eventually he got there. He was talking to the church leaders about this story. Shortly after I began to speak, the Holy Spirit was poured out upon them. People that aren't Jews, Gentiles like us. Just like what happened to us at the beginning, which was the day of Pentecost. He's saying this happened again to people that weren't there. And I remembered the words the Lord had told us. John immersed you or baptized. Baptize you is the, the word in water, but you will be baptized or immersed in the Holy Spirit. So I concluded that if God is pleased to give them, them the same gift of the Holy Spirit that he gave us after they believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who am I to stand in the way of God? I love that. 
I would like to invite Eddie up on stage, our awesome youth pastor, Julian, our adult pastor, uh, and Christy, that she's just my wife, but she holds everything together in this church. Just come up on stage. So I've, I've told you my experience um, and how I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, how it was sort of like a, a, a three-part deal. But I, I thought it would be great just to hear from, from other people because we're all different. We've experienced this, the same thing, in slightly different ways. So I'm just going to ask them to sort of maybe give a little bit of their testimony. These are the, the two questions, and they can all answer the first question and the second question. Basically, what was your encounter? What was your experience like? How were you baptized or filled or overwhelmed, whatever you want to call it, with the Holy Spirit? Let's start with Julian. This all happened for me uh, just before my 18th birthday. Um, I, I grew up in a Christian family, but it had some pain and dysfunction in it. And uh, um, I had a God moment when I was 10, but then I got buried till I was 18. We can all believe lies that don't serve us well, lies about God and ourselves. But uh, about three months before my 18th birthday, I was in a bad way. And uh, um, I did have a mum who prayed for me. Go praying mothers, don't you stop. Um, and uh, I came to a place of, of, after having taken some steps towards God, I said, God, if you're there, if you're real, could you help me? And I had this weird sensation that I was heard. Does that make sense? It's like someone had heard me. And then uh, I came to a place a bit later on where I was actually home. Um, I was in a room on my own, and things weren't going that well. Um, up until then, my conscience was adjusting. I was beginning to change and take some steps. Um, but it's like part of me uh, wanted to do that and another part of me didn't, so it was quite a struggle. And then this uh, one evening, I was feeling quite hurt and I, I said to God, what did I say? I said something like, um, uh, God, I'm really in a mess and hurt right now. Would you please fill me with your love and your power? That was the prayer. Very simple prayer. Quickest prayer I've ever had answered because into the room came this presence. Totally changed and totally gave me what I just asked for. Wow. I could not believe it. I did not even dream that such a thing existed. Um, I was so excited. Didn't really know what to make of it. I hadn't been going to church. So I didn't really know what it was. Mine was a bit different. I was um, at a youth youth night on Friday, and I remember, I'm pretty sure that Simon was youth pastor at the time, and um, he was um, doing a message all about the Holy Spirit. And um, he asked um, if anyone at the end wanted to come up and be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I remember being really nervous at the time, because obviously I was surrounded by a lot of my mates and like a lot of them had different opinions about the Holy Spirit and things like that. And um, I remember just feeling like convicted and my heart was just beating that I needed to go up the front. And as soon as I went up, I th th this experience is a little bit vague, but um, I remember what happened, but I don't actually remember who prayed for me, but I think it was Simon. But I remember whoever it was, they laid hands on me. And I, rem I remember like as soon as they put their hands on me, I instantly just felt this presence that I hadn't felt like I hadn't felt like that before and um, I remember like I felt quite hot and um, 
and I remember that they were praying for me, this person, I think it was Simon, and they said, you know, just speak out, um, just speak out some words. And I remember that I immediately received the gift of tongues. Wow. And I remember being able to just speak out and be like, like, what the heck is this kind of thing? But it's so cool. And um, the person encouraged me to go away and keep practicing that. And um, yeah, it's been something that I've been able to do ever since. And for me, the other sign I really felt was that I had um, a boldness as well that came. And that was really evident because I remember when I was go to youth group after those experiences, I never felt I, that pressure that I used to feel from my friends, I never felt that anymore. And so I was able to step out and, and do like what I wanted to do kind of thing rather than feeling the pressure of my friends and, and what they felt comfortable with or whatnot. So that was really cool. My experience is probably different again. Um, my mum actually got saved when I was a little kid and she went to a little church and she got full with the spirit, like her life was radically changed and then they told her, that's demonic, what you've got. Like, so she found a church that loved the Holy Spirit. Um, so set the scene, I'm a young girl that's grown up in a church where people just love God but you hear people pray in tongues and I just thought that's just so weird, so awkward. But when I was 12, I, um, I've always been quite a shy, insecure kid but when I was 12, I was at a meeting and they were just encouraging people to respond. And I just really felt that I needed to just get over my, I don't know, just insecurity and being shy. And I went forward and had prayer and um, felt God there. But I actually took quite a while of just praying at home and asking the Holy Spirit to fill me. Um, like I just started praying in tongues a little bit, but it grew over time. And I think for me, it's been a lifelong thing of continually being open and asking God to fill me with his presence and power. Um, not just a one-time experience. I was thinking it's like I could have married Simon and we were officially married, but never really had much of a relationship. But it's like having that continual relationship, that continual closeness. And man, I just could not do life without the Holy Spirit. I am naturally unconfident, shy, but with the Holy Spirit in my life and just continually asking him to fill me and empower me to do what he's called me to do, you just find moments where you have boldness come on you or passion or just love or peace. Like, it's amazing. So no matter whether you're, what your theology is, can I just encourage you to be, like Simon said, just open for everything God has for you and just, you know, open to God to fill your life and um, you won't regret it. So good. We'll start with Christian, go back this way, just one other question. Um, how, how important is um, speaking in tongues, um, having times and encounters with the Holy Spirit? You know, as a result, what, what, what is it like today? So important. Like there's so many times where you just don't know what to pray, um, but you can pray in tongues when you're feeling overwhelmed. If you're in, like I've been in weird situations over the years where people like demonic manifestations or people that want ministry and you just don't quite know how to pray. So you, whether you pray in tongues quietly or out loud and then I find that during that time God will give you like prophetic words or insight or boldness. So I think just having that gift is amazing and just personal edification, just praying in tongues at home and so good. And um, I don't know, I just got over the weirdness of it. Kids, it's so good. <laughs> um, yeah, for me, I feel like it's my lifeline in the sense of I don't, I can't understand sometimes how people can do life without the Holy Spirit. Um, for me, I know being a pastor, there's often a lot of challenging situations that you have to face, and um, you know, I regularly pray now in the mornings and I say like Holy Spirit, like lead me 
and and guide me with what you want me to say and what you want me to do. And, um, you know, because sometimes there's situations or there's things that come up and I know that in my own strength or my own ability that I would never be able to do it if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit. And um, there's been times as well how I'll pray and say, you know, Holy Spirit, I need you in this situation. This this person that I've got to talk to or this thing that I've got to face, I need you. And I can just, in that moment, I can just feel the Holy Spirit on me. And and um, as Simon said before, in a boldness that's not my own, um, going into a situation. Um, or even just when life throws you, you know, curveballs and things. And um, I've just, you know, been like, man, Holy Spirit, I can't do this without you. I need a touch of your presence right now. I need... Um, I need to feel you in my life in a tangible way, and um, knowing that He's right there and that He's He wants to do that for us is so such a cool thing, and it's so powerful. And as Chrissy said, speaking in tongues, um, yes, it's awesome to be able to kind of get insights um, for other people and stuff. But even for your own personal edification, sometimes you know you've had such a tough week or you've had a really hard day, and you, you don't know what to say, you don't know what to pray, but you can speak in tongues and you can automatically just encourage yourself in that moment. So, yeah. So good. Thank you, Eddie. So um, I'd like to spend a little bit of time saying what came out of that for me. I'm going to focus on the first 12 months of um, being a Christian. All this happened in the first 12 months. Um, Straight away, I received a new identity. I realized that God himself loved me because my heart was just full of it. Um, And so I lost my low self-esteem overnight. I had a fresh direction and confidence. Change came rapid and much easier than before when I was in those initial stages of faith in Christ um, and repentance. I was finding that really hard work, Um, but but now it came rapid. And uh, I found like I really had a power over sin. I started kicking addictions and bad habits. I gave back stuff that I stole, even small things. Um, I quit lying and stopped swearing, um, mostly. Um, (laughs) My face changed in colour and my health improved. That was feedback I got back from people. Um, They used to say I was a a lighter shade of green. (laughs) Smoked too much of that stuff. Okay. Um, uh, I went to church um, to work out what had happened. Because um, my family wasn't particularly into this. Oh, come back screen. Um, and uh, when I went to the first service, I um, it was a Baptist church, and a guy prayed for me, and I started like on the prayer line afterwards, and I started um, speaking a weird language. That was hard case. Um, and then the next time I went to ch- a different church. Suddenly, I could see what other people were struggling with wow. um, in the song service and stuff. And then when it came to a quiet patch, I just, I really started to shake. Got the shakes. But, but um, then that came right when I spoke out loud what I was seeing and how pe- God wanted to help people. And people started crying. That was weird. Um, I had no idea what I was doing. I prayed for... <laughs> I prayed for a young person with a bad headache and they were instantly healed and ran off to play, jumped up and down on the trampoline. I was um, restored to my family. My mum seemed over the moon, I have to say. Um, I don't know if she quite trusted what was going on, but she kind of knew it was good. Um, I began to sing, you know. I hadn't been a singer. I just began to sing because I finally had something to sing about. 
That's why Christians sing. They've got something to sing about. It's not because they like just singing songs. <laughs> you know, we're a singing community, singing faith community. Christians always have been because we have someone worth singing about. Um, uh, I started to read a book called The Bible. I struggled a bit at first because it was, um, I don't know where I got it from, but it was a King James version and uh, it made me scratch my head. Um, but once I got a modern one and I involved the Holy Spirit, I asked him because I was reading it and not understanding it and I, I got grumpy one day and threw the book across the room and walked out and then I thought, no, that's not good, you know, came back and picked it up and I asked the Holy Spirit this time to help me understand Well, I was writing for two hours wow. um, after that. So the Holy Spirit opens the Bible up to you. Um, this was all new stuff for me. It was all very exciting. Um, uh, people began to turn up and ask, how have you changed so fast? That happened quite a bit, non-Christian mates. Um, some non-Christians' friends came around and they, they um, said, man, this is really good. They encouraged me to keep following Jesus or doing whatever I was doing because it was having a... Um, and some revealed that they were previously concerned for my welfare and they were stoked that things were going better. Um, some Christians told me to settle down. Um, God sometimes spoke to me like, like a chat um, and told me who was coming around and, and why they were coming and what they'd ask. Um, uh, yeah, I just knew stuff like that. God sometimes warned me of danger in dreams. That was a new thing. And they were accurate in the timing of them. Like it'll be in so many weeks, this person's going to phone, you'll be in bed, your grandfather will answer the phone, he'll call you down, it'll be this person wanting to stay wow. and in, come and stay in another three weeks, watch out for them. It's like that sort of thing. Um, and yeah, I needed to watch out for some of them. I would have been in trouble otherwise. Um, so God protects you. Um, I became a rabid worshipper. Man, I just went off spending two hours each evening expressing my gratitude for what I'd received. It was just so new to me and so real. And I was so in love with God um, and so alive on the inside that I had to put an expression to it. I hadn't been a very emotional person at all up until then. Um, um, I gained victory over evil powers. They would sometimes turn up in my bedroom, but I learned that once I got that name of Jesus in my mind, even if I couldn't speak and I was pinned down, once I got that name of Jesus in my mind and out of my mouth, those things were on the run. Demons know that Jesus is boss. That's one thing I learned. Um, I still made mistakes. I could still be an egg, totally. Um, once I got overwhelmed in a spiritual battle, I had no equipment really for it apart from the Holy Spirit was still climbing into the Bible um, and I unwisely called a truce with the devil and I enjoyed two weeks of bliss. It was awesome, I have to say, until the Holy Spirit turned up and really told me off and he said, what have you done? You've made a pact with the devil and I felt really bad. So I repented and all the warfare came back. <laughs> yeah. Um, nearly there this is <laughs> um, once God's presence left me and I said you lied the Bible said because I'd read this you would never leave or forsake me and you've left me and I heard this voice say walk by faith son and I'm like what does that mean 
oh, put into practice what I've taught you. Just, just do it. You can do it without me needing to be close to you. That's, that's what that was about. That was a good lesson. After I'd said sorry to God the initial time and done the repentance and faith thing, this came very hot on the heels. So you might say, well, Julian, that looks all like one big thing to me um, because it came to me so early. Well, I, I don't know if I can really help you with that except to say I was on the path to God. I was trusting Jesus. I was a struggling new Christian trying to find my way and this just took, took things to a whole new level. Um, by the way, we're not a church of the Holy Spirit here. You can't separate the Holy Spirit from God the Father and God the Son. It's all three or nothing. Um, Simon didn't mention that, but he knows that. And, <laughs> um, and, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a cool thing, because when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, the whole three comes alive and they all interflow with each other. Thanks so much for listening. We hope it was an encouragement to you. To contact us or to find out what's happening at our church, please check out our website, renewchurch.nz.